episode 83. It is a Wednesday, May 25th, sitting here at the GLHP headquarters in good old downtown Los Angeles. And the choppiness of May continues with markets up some days, well, not many days, mostly down. And we are, I guess we're uh, floundering towards Memorial Day. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, right before Memorial, Memorial Day. Memorial Day, all this uh, is uh, just chaos still. So we're still working through all that. It's uh, The debt markets are in upheaval, but I would say in the mo- on the GLHP side, we are still doing fairly well. A lot of our deals are still in uh in good shape we haven't had much pullback on any on any of the fronts and uh we're fine we're still finding some of the niches uh david fong how does this find you on this good wednesday uh, it finds me very well and uh as you mentioned we're finding new niches we're actually um, in the midst of a couple of weeks out from closing a very large transaction um, mm-hmm. in a different uh new area of residential real estate for us uh, the low-income housing tax credit area um can't say too much about it now until Just after we yet. close but um you know it's 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 a nice little pivot from all the turmoil on the market as you keep talking about uh, with interest rate fluctuations and thing it's a very different kind of um uh, market because it's governed by a lot of government regulation and restrictions on rent and, and so the normal kind of concerns about financing um nicely don't apply as much here and don't have as much influence like there's no need to buy interest rate caps and things like that so um that's that's a nice break um this is also um the week of uh, something that's been gone for three years the uh famous and retail world it's called the international council of shopping centers um annual retail conference in las vegas um and it disappeared for three years because of covid and uh, at its peak, I guess, what, 50,000 people or so used to 45, descend? 45,000 50,000 people. people descend on Las Vegas okay. from all over the U.S. And really the and, world. And world. It's yeah, really yeah. a worldwide show for real estate. I mean, maybe, when, I think it's good, at least from my knowledge, it's, it's sort of the one of a kind because so many of those tenants, which is, it's really uh, meant as a deal show for landlords and well as, mostly credit type tenants so yeah. you, you just if you walk through the convention halls there you'll see mega boots with yum brands which owns taco bell and kfc kfc and you'll see a booth of panda express you'll see a mcdonald's booth and, yeah. and oftentimes these boots are actually like not only are they they have a little what their product is so you know they might be giving out little sandwiches and things like that but they're really there to to sign lease deals and mostly i would say sign lease deals in this country but I think they're essentially, it's meant to be a marketplace for really the, the yeah, whole world. It's, it's a showcase, too, a lot of times for for, know, products. For, for products and for foreign real estate folks to yeah. come look at U.S. products and, and really get to know the different retail brands. Or vice versa, too. Yeah. It's also for, like, nowadays, I mean, up until, you know, this show has stopped, you were seeing brands from other countries, not good huge exhibits and booths like you would see some of the U.S. brands, but... You know, you were starting to see like Jollibee there, which is a Filipino fast food. You were starting to see other brands start to exhibit there as well because they were, as they were trying to get market share in the U.S. So, yeah. you, know, you know, both ways. Both ways. But the main thing is it, it, it was a super networking event. It was like a mega show. A, yeah. It's a mega nothing show. Else you're in the retail like in, industry, in, in be a, a landlord a t- or, or you're a tenant, you, you have a, a food concept or, some, or, or a clothing line, whatever. Um, 
you you needed to be at this event and yeah. it became the event to be there and, and i think the statistic is something about 90 percent plus of all shopping center leases get started or actually deals are cut at this convention because that's when people finally get together and all the other uh, assorted cast of characters in, in the retail industry the brokers and lenders they're all there too to try to facilitate deals and financing and all that and then you even have government agencies oftentimes um presenting and in the conference halls because you know a lot of cities and municipalities they have undeveloped land that they're trying to encourage development on so that they can get sales tax and, and get revenue and so they often act as matchmakers too or help you know maybe they, they got some excess land they might try to push and so there's a lot of redevelopment agencies from different um, uh, city cities and municipalities that are there too so it's really everything retail and and on a personal note, for us, it was actually when we first concocted the idea of doing Good Life Housing Partners yes. was at this uh, retail conference serendipitously uh, seven years ago. And we ran, uh, Ro and I met each other at one of the events and we're catching up and started talking about investing in student housing together. And so so, uh, so ICSC holds a little special nostalgia for me yes. because, of, because of that. Yes. And so in honor of that, and since it has been around, I thought I'd, um, you know, instead of doing uh, 20 minutes or 15 minutes on sort of teaching a real estate concept, which we'll go back to on our next podcast, I thought it'd be nice to talk a little about retail and some of the um, retail trends and things that I were, was hearing back um, from this conference. Um, fortunately, we weren't able to go this year, but yeah. in, in that spirit, I thought we'd talk a little bit about retail. So, well, I think before we jump to that, I think that one thing that that, that show, well, let's give a little history of like at least my knowledge of ICSC sure. because it really was it uh, a must attend event for people in the retail space, for shopping center owners, shopping center developers, for um, national credit tenants, for even. Smaller tenants for cities yeah. that were trying to, you know, encourage, uh, encourage developers or retailers to come to their cities, and so you had this really wide assortment of people. And this is like going back now twenty yeah. years, yeah. going to this show, and then I think as the the first part of this this millennium and really like the first like two thousand five, six, seven, as retail was having such a big moment, it was like the place to invest money into real estate. It's where everyone wanted to be. There was no habitability. The tenant took on a lot of the cost. Cap rates were rising. It was turned up to be super safe, mm -hmm. and it became a. It was. It always was a retail show, but it became really a show of like, a, a really a capital um, matchmaker show or like capital meetup show, where a lot of capital raisers, capital allocators, banks, lenders, they also started ascending on the show. Yeah. Being in Las Vegas, being in in May, so a decent time to go to Las Vegas. And it just became like, it went, I think it went from like literally in the early 2000s, like 20, 25,000, all the way to what you got to is like 40, 45, 50,000 in the late, later two, uh, parts of last decade. Yeah. So 2007, eight. And it's, and it's a real thing to see if you've ever been to. Yes, I remember at the convention center and they take up two halls. Yeah, and the convention they're bursting Las Vegas at the halls, is bursting. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember too, like, Every day, and, and obviously all the hotels are swamped in Las Vegas because of this. And so, like, every day... And this is pre-Uber, too. Yeah, yeah. And this pre-Uber. And every day, huge taxi lines. And every day, 
there were massive bus lines. They, yes. they, they chartered line. all these yeah. shuttle buses yeah. to go to, okay, this bus goes to Bellagio, this goes, goes to Mandalay Bay to, to bring all the various delegates and, and participants and people uh, you know, attending and visiting just to just to move around and just moving people in and out of that convention center was a sight to see. And it yeah. just having all those people there. And so it is uh, when you experience it, it is it was like a real event. It's a real yeah. It was a real, and and if you just think like how like um, extravagant those parties were. I yeah. mean, people were taking entire nightclubs in Las Vegas, which you know these are some of the most expensive nightclubs not only in the U.S. but in the world. Yeah. I mean, you if you look at like. The, some of the highest earning restaurants and nightclubs in the world, they're mostly in Las Vegas. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, there's a place in Paris, there's a place in Hong Kong, New York, Los Angeles, but the heavy, if you took the top 100, a lot of that's in, in Las Vegas. That is where the entertainment is, especially, and these, like Marcus and Milchap would host like a huge table or multiple tables at the Wynn nightclub, the hottest nightclub yeah. in Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah. You know, like you were yeah. seeing that, yeah. that was the story. Yeah, and in addition to, you know, at the convention too, a lot of these companies, like you mentioned, Marcus Milichap, or, or or I remember distinctly Jones Lang, JLL, yeah. another break brokerage firm, they would have huge booths and things yeah. set up at the convention center, and then there would be little mini meeting rooms, and multiple meetings would be going on all the time. And they had like it was just pretty elaborate too. Their booths, they had like these cascade. I remember these cascading waterfalls oh, yeah. that actually showed their logos and different things. And so it was it was it was pretty extravagant and. Again, going back to diversity of different ten- tenants, it's, I mean, you're not just talking about like your Panda, you're talking about like your Subways, you're talking about your Cold Stone Creamery, it's just all different types. Rite Aid, I mean, those are just the food ones, pets, Dollar sales, Generals. Everything. I yeah, mean, Dollar General, then of course, Macy's and all the other kind of yeah. Nordstrom's and all those kind of guys, said send their people, Target, Walmart, everyone's there. Um, and then as you mentioned, the, the parties, I remember one party too where they rented out the cast from uh, one of those um, uh, Absinthe. It was like sort of that. Circus, oh, that show, that yeah, circus yeah, yeah, show. And they actually performed the mini version yeah. of the show. There, I remember, you know, they had the acrobats kind of, you know, walking on a little beach ball, yeah. <laughs> you know, instead of on the floor at a handstand and doing all these crazy things and in, in, in front of us, you know, eating fire and stuff. Yeah. And so, but I mean, just crazy, like wild. to take the whole nightclub, like you know, and and service that and you know, spend for that. I mean, that's a there were and those were that wasn't just one party. Those were yeah, multiple, multiple parties multiple or parties. in town. Yeah. I mean, I remember the best thing. Somebody had told me that at the height of ICSC, which I think was 2007 or 8, there was more private jets landing at McCarran than at the height of the dot-com bubble in 2000. Oh, interesting. I, I mean, there was probably more yeah. private jets in 2008 versus yeah. 2000, but it was, like, unbelievable. How many, you could, and, you, and I remember driving by, and I was like, oh, my God, it's just all private jets out there. Yeah. And it was, like, the height of retail. Like, yeah. And so, like, now we look, you know, and then I think it became sort of, like, Definitely was still retail as you got to the um, 2010, 11, 12. And there's retail definitely got hit by the re- by the 08 recession, but not maybe super hard. And there was still retail wasn't like it wasn't a shrinking asset class that maybe it is today. Mm-hmm. And but it was still a very big show all the way to like I would say like maybe five, six years ago. I mean, it was still something we were attending yeah, with, yeah. Some, with some regularity. Yeah. I don't know. The last time we attended was probably 2000. 18, 17? Yeah, 18, 18, 17. I think I might have been in town because we were 
building, on a project. We were yeah. building our Las Vegas project. Yeah. So I was in Las Vegas a lot anyway. Yeah. And I remember stopping by to attend yeah. and go to one of two go to events. Yeah, events. go to a dinner. And I mean, you still got, I mean, I still get, I mean, we yeah. probably do, we both get tons of invites yeah. for all that's, these that's, that's events. That's why we're resisting on this. We, we, we got a bunch of invites this week and realized like, oh, they, they brought it back. Yeah. I, mean, I wonder how big it was. I, yeah. I, I didn't really look at the invites too closely, but so. I wonder how big these things were. In any event, um, it's back. Um, the pandemic might be receding. So it's so it, at its height, it was forty, mid forty thousand, say probably almost fifty. Yeah. And this now they're saying that this yeah. last it was from Curse Sunday, yeah. Sunday to Wednesday, and really Monday, Tuesday are the main days. Yeah, it was twenty two thousand. Twenty two thousand. So, so been cut in half. Big, big cut in half, but and I can only imagine next year is going to be. Uh, I, I'd I don't wager know. it'd be a little. Higher I, I don't know if it's if it's the same Capital Maker show, like the same you know, capital allocator show, money show that it was like 10 years ago. I just don't know. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't feel the need to go. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I wouldn't mind going, but I don't feel, I don't feel a need to go like I did 10, you know, eight, seven Well, but I don't ago. know if the, like retail has recovered a lot of it. It hasn't fully recovered. And obviously it's changed a lot too because of the pandemic, but it's, but it's definitely recovered somewhat. And so that's, I, you know, barring something else happen, I, I, I just got to imagine that it's going to recover more next year and that'll attract capital to start looking back like, okay, maybe we should invest in retail again. And maybe we should start thinking about that more or at least with certain, you know, high quality investment groups or sponsors. Yeah. I guess if you had some alternative capital allocators, but like, I think the other side of it is that it was the other unique thing about it was it was, it was the, the only, large-scale real estate show in Las Vegas. That's and true. So it, it was the only one. And Las Vegas, you know, whether you like it as a city or don't like a city, it's actually a really good conference city from, uh, from really two, three standpoints. One is almost every city, major, primary or secondary, has a direct flight to Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. Two is it has a boatload of hotel rooms of yeah. all kinds of varying prices and classes. Mm -hmm. And three, it's got just tons of meeting space. Yeah, it's got, it's got the most meeting and, space. And, so, and then argue. four, for real estate conferences where there's a lot of, you know, dining out and parties and you know, dinners and things of that nature, you want a lot of good restaurants. Yeah. Like we, we, we attend a regular conference in, or was in Orlando that it's tough to dine out with the mouse, man. Like yeah. it's just hard. Like, yeah. you know, dining out at Disneyland and, is and, not and, easy. And they're moving it this coming year moving to, it to Las Vegas. To my next point is going to be. They're going to be that conference is the NMHC will be in Las Vegas next January. And so that's a multifamily conference where even through this recent patch of downturn has is still considered to be like this, the safest place for money in, in real estate. So when that goes there, I assume a lot of capital allocators and people that are you know developers that are doing stuff in the multi world are going to go to that conference, yeah. and so then the d will those folks come back out four months later for a May conference? I maybe I'm not sure, yeah. but um, in any event, I definitely think they will be there uh, when it makes. Yes, I think it will grow so. for sure. I agree with you there. So anyway, so the pandemic's receding, but these some of those trends in the shopping center world that you know maybe the pandemic helped create or or, or spread continue to spread, and so I, I put a little list together of some of them just to. Be so these are trends that kind of like came about during. It came the, about or got accelerated. We're, we're during the existing. during the ICSC yeah, show. Some of this okay, applies cool. also to the multi world, like suburbanization. You know the expansion and the continued population growth of people fleeing the urban cores because of COVID, and going to the suburbs and, you know, um, you know, consumer demand sort of moving to to the suburbs. I think that has happened, definitely, and and that demand is is they think will continue. 
um, you know, millennials, they say, yeah, especially with more long-term trends of work from home and aging millennials might seeking more space to raise some families in the suburbs. So I think, you know, that re the growth of retail in the suburbs will continue. It's not just going to completely di disappear. Uh, second, second trend was uh, the importance of being proximity to consumers, especially with inflation and supply chain issues. Retailers recognize the importance of being located closer to their end consumers. Um, it's, it's, I think that'll continue. Uh, they coined a new phrase, medtail, or retail medical, they call it med, med, medtail, how healthcare providers are also aiming to be closer to to, to commuters and they're filling a lot of the sort of dead space that was often medtail medtail medical medical telecom like company. medical yeah. retail basically got it got it got it so yeah. for example testing sites <laughs> right and, which and, I don't and, know how those are working out and, now and, but. and so um, you know and, and having uh, you know offices sort of more urgent care centers kind of in, in the shopping center world is developed um, open air retail you know people like it in addition to you know the safety aspects during during the recession where we're all um dining out more and more um, but then the opposite of dining out too um, the convenience factor the growth of more grab-and-go uh, or a lot of more uh, restaurateurs not uh, some of them not doing dine-in some of them doing more curbside pickups definitely you know in parking lots and different things I see now in more shopping centers there's sort of the quick drive through there's there's quick places to pick up food and also more retailers now starting to do drive-through lanes yeah. So that's that's yeah. I don't think that's going to change. That's going to continue. People kind of like some of that now, and I want to keep doing that. And uh, and then sort of a bricks and mortar for e-brands. I think we might have talked about this in one other podcast. Like it retails like Untuck It and Warby Parker, you know, who really built their business online and now actually getting space in, sh yeah. in bricks and mortar shopping centers. And but really, that's more of a marketing play. Yeah. Almost to just kind of further their brand like in the consumer that this is a real brand yeah i think that's like but the original thought in the retail world years back when when online uh, shopping was growing was that you know it'd be the opposite like you would never see you know the shopping centers would die because everyone was right. going to just do everything online and it's interesting to see now the uh, it's like amazon actually even opening stores you know uh, or in fact bookstores which is hilarious because they took over the book they were supposed to they destroyed a lot of the retail bookstores um and then they they also talked about an, another trend that one of these uh, some of these meetings at, at icsc was the web 3.0 which is sort of the intricate integration of the metaverse you know with re as part of retailers who, who you know have multi-channels to touch the consumer you know you know like some of these luxury brands doing nfts that we've talked about and and also now there's you know a future where maybe you might shop online and use the little oculus to look at your products pretend you're in a virtual store <laughs> and actually go to the mall to pick it up i can't wait till i see you doing that that's yeah, it really <laughs> yes. gonna be that things will virtual really goods, move when stores. you start buying virtually that's yeah. gonna really move yeah well some people think that's uh you know that the, the, they uh who is it that i was reading they, they said that that the virtual experience taking it to another level of like just attending events like it'll get so good they think at some point in the future where like you know you can pay a hundred thousand for those World Series seats, and it looks like, you know, sitting right behind the Empire at the World Series. But someone's gonna, you know, convert that into the metaverse, sure, <laughs> and then you'll look like you're actually there. <laughs> you're actually not there, and that and that that'll be a, a new growing statement. Uh, one last trend is grocery stores. Uh, once again, they were proven critical, you know, uh, 
you know, everyone needs to shop, especially during pandemics. Yeah. And, and uh, you'll see more and more grocery stores, as they said, in mixed-use uh, projects. And also those grocery stores will be upgraded with uh, more renovations, more outdoor amenities, more dining. More so dining, dining, too. Yeah. Yeah. I things. think that's a big one. So that's, that's another big one. Um, the one that I saw was that, uh, like, there's, there's definitely a push, a general push to be in, like, states which is which have had like a lot more growth and yeah. so like it's it's kind of the red state push yeah like to be in texas florida texas florida tennessee yeah you know, tennessee places. these types of states there's a definitely a push to be in like red states um i think there's also like a uh, another push it i heard was that you, you know like the and this been i think for years is like the the super retailer that wants a uh a prime pad spot with a drive-through so they want like the best spot in the center, but it also has to, it has drive, to have a through, drive through. So it's got to take up the most non-inline space. Yeah. And so it's like this, like you know, it's like this. You've got to hit like an exacta to get all that stuff yeah. through. So it, it, that's what I mean. And so that, that I think that's always been there. Certain retailers, that's like they ask for yeah. everyone. It's like give me the drive through, give me the best spot. Yeah. I want the most visible place. I don't want the, the best. Exactly. Um, so anyway, that's. The trend. You know the other the other thing like which I, I I think was there but I haven't heard, heard it was like I'm sure there was like concepts that were like more ghost kitchen driven. Yeah. That were probably trying to like either they were you know ownership like us that had ghost kitchens yeah. they were setting up they were trying to find tenancy to go in the ghost kitchens, or there were tenants that were looking to only be or like take a, some portion of the business that. into ghost yeah. kitchens, yeah. and I think there was also another push from all of the delivery apps, yeah. Uber Eats and DoorDash, yes. to also s continue segmenting their business, yeah. or I, I guess expanding their business expanding. into more retail. But I, but I gotta imagine that segment is consolidating and sort of like your Uber Eats or certain guys, the winners are, are being, will, will be determined in, in, the, in the next few years. Because, you know, I, I, the other thing I was gonna talk about, this now leads into my kind of numbers, yeah, was, let's dining, let's do was, numbers. was yeah. dining out and 50.8%. Uh, was, was the number I had, which was um, the number of people sort of where we were from pre-pandemic levels dining out a year ago. And so right now in Los Angeles, what's interesting is Los Angeles, they said that the number of people dining out is almost back to pre basically within a hair's breadth away from pre-pandemic levels, people willing to go out and actually going out and eating at restaurants in LA. Wow, it's, it's, we're back to pre-pandemic. Yeah, we're basically almost there. We're not exactly okay. there. We're just a little shy of it. But, interesting. but whereas a year ago in May, we were only 50% back, back. In Los Angeles. In Los though. Angeles. Okay. Last, yeah. right. And, and other cities, too. Other urban cities. But Los Angeles is a big one because yeah, a lot of those restaurants were so closed. Like the, so, so, so related to that is the, the urban foot traffic in major cities like San, like San Francisco, Union Square, New York's Times Square. We're back to pre getting either back to it or almost there at pre-pandemic levels. And then, of course, there's cities like Miami where you actually exceeded it it's in terms of, you know, because of all the other reasons we talk about people flocking to Miami during the pandemic. Right. And so that urban foot traffic, they were saying, for retailers and dining out, like a lot of that is coming back. <laughs> so I wonder if that's done on like a, a total spend or is that done on like a, a restaurant average? Like how is that calculated? Because I wonder, because in L.A., like a lot of restaurants were still closed up until like last yeah. June or so, right? When they finally removed all of the restrictions sure, and sure. then still it took a run up. Took a while. So then, because the, cause the di dining out to me is you actually go and dine yeah. there. 
You don't like taking the food away. You're not right. getting a DoorDash to you. You're actually eating right. in that place. I mean, people are doing DoorDash, but I think people, I mean, the other related thing I know we, we debate about this is I'm, I'm curious to see what happens Memorial Day weekend. How many people are going to go to a movie theater? Yeah. Watch a movie. And, uh, you know, I know a few folks who are already like, oh, I'm going to go see Top Gun this weekend. <laughs> so yeah. Like, really? You go to a movie theater. And so, uh, you know, that's why I could see this trend of people, you know, warmer summer months. Um, I mean, on travel, too, just another point, you know, um, global leisure travel and business travel actually has really popped back, too. And so, and so um, especially the business travel, it's, it's, pop, it's, it's surged back a lot faster than they thought they would. Um, you know, where, uh, and in fact, leisure travel in April of 2022 is uh, 25% above pre-pandemic levels. That's interesting. Travel groups. I'm surprised by yeah. that. Business, business I thought that was is going almost, down. Is, is almost there, but not there yet. But it's coming, they said. So my number is, is sort of, uh, I guess, piggybacking here. That's 9%. And that is what McKinsey did a study and where people are pulling back their spending. And the biggest pullback was actually sort of counter to what you're saying was actually like people have pulled back on dining. This is a study done last month, um, about 40 or 50%. Like they'd pulled back on dining. And then there's pullback on travel, and then obviously pullback on gas. But the the lowest was actually on household like rent, basically, mm. like how you know how much your house. So what is the nine percent represent? Nine percent pull is represents how much people have pulled back on their house. Oh, overall house ha- on spend, spending. Uh, yeah, on spending on their house, okay. like whatever their you know mortgage or rent is. And I don't know how you pull back nine percent, yeah. but like it was the lowest out of everything. Interesting. And this was a, this was a, I think done on like a you know a, this was a more uh, smaller sample of people, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but so I don't know how you pull back 10% on your house. Yeah. Like if your rent's two grand, I don't know how you're like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna pay 1800 this month. But, but anyways, that was, yeah. it was interesting. I mean, it was the lowest out of all the, all the I spending. mean, I definitely could see people pulling back on like extravagant travel, like, like, sure. like I would love, you know, if we didn't have the pandemic, probably would go to Asia or somewhere this summer. But um, as you know, I'm going to New York next week. <laughs> and, yes. And so, and as I, and I guess I've complained to you about the price of the plane tickets was a lot higher than I thought. And, uh, you know, you, you explained it to me because of the fuel cost too, but I also just, feel and like, less flights, yes, less flights. And, and I feel like then a lot of people still want to go to New York yeah. or, or, or willing to go to New York now. Yes. And, and so, um, I think that's, there's definitely, I, I expect it to be crowded yeah. on these planes and airports. So. Yeah, I, would, I think it will be too. Um, all right, any content this week for you? Anything interesting? Uh, no, no, I mean, I just I started watching uh, Lincoln Lawyer. Oh, series. oh Jesus. <laughs> That's my content too. Mickey Holler. Mickey Holler, yeah. I don't, uh, well, I never saw, you know, there's actually a. Uh, yeah, there's the movie. There's a movie. McConaughey. With, like, I never yeah. saw that. I never saw but, that but either, I've which read, I, now I will watch. But, I, but I've read, read all the book. books. Yeah, I've read I all the Mickey Holler books. And I don't really. I don't know if the character really, but again, I'm biased because I know you know the story, the, the character, and then that same author also does the Harry Bosch series. Oh, and, and okay. Bosch and him are actually like step brothers or something. Oh, really? And That's yeah, funny. So there will be a really overlap funny. episode, I bet, That's at some really point. Funny. But like at, at least are the you Bosch the whole series, thing? No, 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 I just oh, watched okay. the first two episodes. Oh, I watched the episodes. But but the uh, but the Bosch series, which I have seen. Is okay. It's it's it's, yeah. it's it's closer to the book. It's not perfect, but it's close yeah. to the book. And so I enjoyed that. And so this one so far, I'm like okay, but like I said, there's parts is of it he, that's a little off. Is he Hispanic in the book? No. no okay, no. so this is a new entrant. It's a new entrant. Okay. <laughs> and he also he's also he seems a little more whinier than than, than 
Oh, then the book? Then in the book, yeah. Oh, interesting, like, like interesting. a little bit. Well, I know. found it, uh, I like those shows, kind of like you do. Yeah. And uh, But I also found it really interesting that, like, there's a lot of it that's just filmed, like, right here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, that's the other thing like, I like. around that's why our like office. Bosch, it's <laughs> all LA, yeah. But it's all, like, it's right in our office. Yeah, that's like, right, because the, the courthouse. Yeah. You'll see in some later episodes, like, like it's, like, right yeah. in our block. Like, oh, that's funny. Yeah, you'll see stuff, and you'll you'll see, you'll like, oh, dude, I, I've gone to this restaurant. <laughs> like, uh, or I've been there before. Yeah. yeah, so I was like, oh, I totally know all those streets and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I find it interesting. It's good. Okay. Yeah, I'm, and I'm continuing to watch Yellowstone, which is insanity. Okay. Okay. Jesus, good, like, good. those are... I, I did finish Queen of the South. Oh, okay, that's, good. So that was good, good, a very good, interesting good. ending. Very good show. Yeah. Um, any upgrades for you this week? Uh, n- no upgrades, no Vegas trips or, or anything aromatherapy ending for me this week. No, 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 no bats this <laughs> no, week. No, bats this <laughs> no week. bats so, this week. Just showers. Nice, nice, nice. Um, what yourself? Uh, I, I've been, uh, I've been going on some longer runs, and so I've, uh, I've gotten, uh, I had my Hoka One shoes, which was an upgrade a few episodes back, but I've also been uh, experimenting with like different pacing styles, and so. I don't know. It's not an upgrade just yet, but I'm working on some things. Okay. So maybe I'll come up with something next week. Okay. Well, I've been, uh, I mentioned this to our uh, assistant producer, Jason Fong. Mm-hmm. I've been seeing these Facebook ads a lot on, about this mobility program that I was intrigued by about uh, sort of a, I don't know how you describe it, sort of an exercise program. But it's more about like flexibility and like, you know, doing like animal-like movements mm. <laughs> and so it looked animal like i like so, just so the, like sort of like animal a lot of squatting movement. and like crawling okay. on the floor like like a crab and like stuff? a crab yeah. like a lizard and, and all this stuff and i was intrigued but i was tempted to order it as uh but it was quite oh, pricey yes. <laughs> so I, I was hesitating is this just a rip-off scam of some sort <laughs> or is it actually you know because i got a little tightness in my shoulders and back and so i thought oh this uh, they talked about move movements as you get older and i thought oh this might be an interesting exercise program yeah that's good. Those are good. Those are so, really good. So. Yeah, I've actually been stretching more myself. Have you been Maybe, doing that? Yes. Done, okay. I don't know about these animal movements you're doing, <laughs> so. but yes, some different stretches yeah. and just doing more warm ups. Yeah, it's good. Like I think as you get older, you've got to warm up. You got to move. <laughs> you got to move. You move. Yeah, yeah movement is a, is a good part of this thing. Um, all right, folks, that does it for us this week. Thank you everyone for joining, and please continue to find us on the internet. You can hit us up at our website or on any of our social media feeds. We'll be back next week with another episode. Actually, we'll kind of keep it on the, the retail focus with some differentiation between uh, different leasing types. So yeah, that'll we'll be talk our, about leasing our episode. Next, next episode. Thank you, everyone. Good night.